0: Praise God above the
1: of our liturgy this afternoon. Before we begin with the prayer, we invite you into a moment of silence as we gather to begin this season of Lent together.
2: Our vision is clouded by worries, when our view is blacked out by fears. When we see, feel, touch, and taste the suffering and confusion all around us, we turn to you, our wild mother in the sea of darkness. Have mercy on us, O Lord. Let your holy goodness bring light. To all the dark places, let your cool water find all the cracks, tend to our broken hearts, and bring hope to the hopeless. We turn to you, our wild father, in this season of darkness. Show us the grace to love more boldly, remembering that you created us, not for the next life. But for this one as well. In the name of God, our wild parent, Jesus, the suffering child, and the often of the spirit.
0: i
3: you to hear from the book of 2 Corinthians 6 1 through 10 as we work together with him we entreat you also not to accept the grace of God in vain for he says at an acceptable time I have listened to you and on a day of salvation I have helped you look now is the acceptable time look now is the day of salvation we are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, in great endurance, afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, impurity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. In honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well known, as dying and look, we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, As having nothing and yet possessing everything. The Word of the Lord. The grass withers and the flower fades.
1: Dillard asks why do we people in churches seem like cheerful brainless tourists on a package tour of the absolute? (laughs) At Baylor University I found myself slipping into spiritual tour guide mode more than once. Students regularly called upon me to answer questions about vocation, predestination, human suffering, sexuality, or global poverty. I could almost hear the ding of a light on the dashboard of my brain as I shifted into autopilot, recounting threadbare stories, asking questions whose answers I already knew. Despite such assurances from polished pastors and pulpits on high, life lived on the ground was far more unwieldy, cumbersome, and just plain human. So-called super-apostles in the Corinth community, cast shade on Paul. They viewed the many challenges of Paul's life as clear indicators that his spirituality was suspect. For those of us recovering from evangelical or fundamentalist faith, our suspicions rise if it is shiny, big, and put together. Yet we still feel this pull toward being part of compelling movements, creative enterprises, and compassionate communities. We might long for such movements to be effortless, life-giving, and straightforward. So when life together feels like work, when people disappoint us and we disappoint ourselves, when the way ahead isn't simple or easy, we might feel both repulsed and nostalgic for the days when everything seemed clear-cut. When God felt near, or if God didn't feel near, at least we felt like we knew where to look for God. When faith leaders could seemingly be counted on to not be manipulative, power-hungry, brand-crafting, and abusive. For most of us, that was a power exercised over us. We were given simple guidelines to obey. Our work was to do, not to discern. If we found ourselves headed toward uncertainty, there was a Bible verse, a best-selling Christian book, or an intense worship ballad to ground us, that is, to circumvent our humanity. Paul lists these seeming liabilities of humanity, afflictions, hardships, calamities, imprisonments, sleepless nights, and hunger and has the audacity to see the messiness of his life and ministry as a way of commending himself to his community. Paul sees the dirt of his humanity as the stardust of the divine. Neil deGrasse Tyson points to how our basic building blocks connect us when he says the atoms of our bodies are traceable to stars that manufactured them in the cores and exploded these enriched ingredients across our galaxy billions of years ago. For this reason, we are biologically connected to every other living thing in the world. We are chemically connected to all the molecules of the Earth. And we are atomically connected to all atoms in the universe. We are not figuratively, but literally, stardust. Ash Wednesday is a facing of our humanity. We come from dirt, and to dirt we will return. When we stop running from ourselves, flaws and all, we find ourselves and find we are embraced by divine love and compassion. We are beckoned to become participants with God and with one another in this wild adventure of shared sacred humanity. We want to invite you in the next few moments into a practice that is an amalgamation of both Lectio Divina and an examine. The scripture which Nick read earlier, we will travel through a few verses at a time and then ask an intentional question that will allow you to reflect on your own life in light of that passage and give some silence and time for that to happen before we continue in that passage. There will be four readers and moments of reflection. And then after that, we will invite you into an imposition of ashes. Let us therefore look at the first scripture verse or the first couple of verses as we do that now. Second Corinthians chapter six, verses one and two. As we work together with God, we entreat you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For God says, at an acceptable time, I have listened to you. And on a day of salvation, I have helped you. Look, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. We are God's co-workers not the Most High's minions nor the Almighty's underlings. We participate in God's salvific liberation with the posture of power with rather than power over. How might you, as a divine co-laborer, reflect this participatory power this Lent?
4: putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault might be found with our ministry but as servants of God we have commended ourselves in every way in great endurance afflictions hardships calamities beatings imprisonments riots labors sleepless nights hunger What might this divine co-laborer relationship be asking of us? What might it cost us in this season? purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are invited here to participate in work in all states of being alongside our divine partner. This work can be joyful and strenuous. What might that consistent labor look like for you in this season? What emotions does this bring up in you?
3: as impostors and yet are true as unknown and yet are well known as dying and look we are alive as punished and yet not killed as sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor yet making many rich as having nothing and yet possessing everything. Where are the glimpses of hope that we're noticing emerging alongside the seasons of loss and grief? How are we invited to hold both of those simultaneously in tension?
1: We begin this 40-day journey of Lent together, we now invite you to participate in an ancient practice of the imposition of the ashes. Just a few moments, Amy will be up here and they will be available to impose the ashes on us. This cross that reminds us that we are dust and to dust we return. It is in some sense in a culture Where we are often trying to be younger and fitter and shinier and put together than we could ever possibly be. This reminder that we come from dirt and one day and even very much now are on our way to returning to that dirt. It is meant to symbolically and in some ways you could even argue literally ground us. And so we want to invite you into that practice. Come forward if you would like, and Amy will pose the ashes.
4: May the dust on our heads remind us of where we all came and where we are returning. We invite you now to come forth in silence and meditation all are welcome friends from dust we all came and to dust we shall return
0: Wash me, make me pure within. Cleanse me, oh, cleanse me from my sin. Gracious God, my heart renew. Make my God be merciful to me. Thou art alone, my savior, right. teach thy wisdom. bestow wash me wider than the snow gracious God my heart renew make my spirit right and true from me, let my spirit dwell in me. O oh, God, be merciful to me. Let Guide my heart anew make my spirit right and true cast me not away from thee let my spirit dwell in thee Oh God be merciful not away from me let my soul...
4: Let us close with a benediction, O Lord, relinquish our lingering claim to bitterness, and instead submit our hearts to the work of sorrow, so that in your hands, these hallowed spaces of love and pain and memory would become hallowed spaces, holy spaces, over which your spirit hovers and broods, crafting in us a great compassion and singing new hopes to life. Remain in me, O Maker. Remain in me, O Christ. Remain in me, O Spirit.
0: to you.
4: The church may you find community and belonging we'll see you throughout the week